Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. This isn't true about anybody else. This isn't true about any other religion. This isn't true about any other religious leader. This is true about no one else except Jesus Christ. Buddha is not the beginning and the end. Muhammad is not the beginning and the end. They all had a beginning and an end. He is the beginning and the end. You can't source out a beginning point. He always has been. He still is right now. And he's saying, and I'm always going to be. While many of the gods of various religions often have a lot in common, they're all lacking when compared to the one true living God. Perhaps the most notable of these traits is that they all have a beginning and an end, but not the God of the Bible. In today's message, Pastor Bill discusses what it means for Christ to be the Alpha and the Omega, as recorded in the book of Revelation. In his study, you'll gain a better understanding of the infinite nature of our God, the one who knows the beginning and the end. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, as he continues his message, Intro to Revelation. Jesus came and he's both king and priest. And he says, now I've made you, I've washed you, and I've made you kings and priest. I've made you that. And so I, I believe King speaks of God's royalty upon us. We are his kids. We are, we are his family. Uh, if I'm a king and I have a son or a daughter, they're in the royal family. Amen. Uh, now, we don't have that out here, but back in, you know, you read through the Old Testament, if you were a king, you, you couldn't just be a king. You had to be born into the family to be the next king. It was the heir to the throne. It was something that was handed down through family. God said, look, I've, I've handed something down to you guys that you couldn't get any other way. We've been adopted into the royal family. He's made us kings and priests. So kings, we're, we're adopted in. We're part of the royal family. We're under his covering. He is king. We were, whatever we were, we've been, we've been adopted into his family in that regard. And then priest. Um, we're now God's special servants. We represent God to man. And we go before man. We go, we go before the Lord on man's behalf. We intercede. And we go before people on God's behalf. We're, 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 we're out there witnessing and sharing and explaining and talking to people about the Lord. God said, I've, I've made you that. I have now washed you, and I've brought you in a relationship, but I've also made you priest. I've given you a place of service and of ministry. And so I think it's important because the way he speaks of it here, he says, um, and made us kings and priests to his God and Father. It should be something that we we're proud to be. Amen? We shouldn't be ashamed or bashful about getting to be his representation out here. God said, look, I did this for you. I've allowed you to be in this place where you get to be that for me, kings and priests, uh, to his God and Father. And then it says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And so to God be dominion, to him be power, uh, to him be glory, uh, all these things. And, and again, I, I hear just the, the right, just over, it's the overflowing of, of just worship as we look at all the things that God has done for us. Verse 7 now, it says, behold, he is coming with the clouds. And this is speaking prophetically. This is what we're looking forward to. The Lord is coming back. Now, it says he's coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so. Amen. So something we know about the coming of Christ. Now, there's been, you know, there's the two comings. He came the first time uh, and his second coming will be different than his first coming. In Christ's first coming, the mission was different. 
The first coming, the mission was a salvific. He was coming to save. Uh, he was coming as a sacrificial lamb. He was coming to die. When, they, when he was born, they wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Those are, those are mummification cloths, the same thing you wrap a dead body in. And, and many would look at that and say, because he was born to die. That's what he came to do when he first came. And so as you look at Jesus in the Gospels, uh, there's meekness and humility, and there's, a, and, and, and there's just a kind of a gentleness to him. And he endured foolery with people, and he bared with people. He came to die. When he comes back, it's going to be different. Amen? We'll learn about that as we go through this book. You know, we got to know that it's, it's, it's not going to be the same. When he comes back, he's coming the same God, same guy, but he's coming back. The mission is different. And I, I, I would explain it like this. You know, if I, were a, if I were a police officer, right, and let's say I'm, I'm on break at lunchtime and I'm going home to see my kids. I'm a police officer. I'm going home to see my kids. I'm going to go home, and I may have a gun and a badge and authority and power, but I'm on a mission right now. I'm going to go see the kids. I'm giving hugs and kisses and lunch and backpacks and everything else. Now, if I'm a police officer and my wife calls and says, there's some noise in the backyard, I'm coming home. Same guy, but it's a different mission. Amen? I'm coming. I'm, I'm clocked and loaded, and, uh, and, and if you ain't one of mine, you're going to get it. You know, When he comes back, that's how it's going to be. He's coming back to judge. He's coming back to, to bring, there's going to be an aspect of judgment that, that we see as he comes back. But he says when he does come, the second coming, uh, he's going to come with the clouds and every eye is going to see him. So this would eliminate for you guys that maybe deal with Jehovah Witnesses. They actually said the Lord came back. It was secret. It was covert. Only those that were really spiritual saw it. Uh, they, you go back and read their publications. They got a date on it and everything else. Um, they had a previous date where they said he was coming back and he didn't come back. And, they, and then they finally said, oh, no, he came. You didn't see it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. bogus, right? I'm reading this. It says every eye. Every eye. Everybody's going to see it. It's not going to be a secret. You won't miss it. Everybody's going to see it, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Now, I believe this was even prophesied about in the book of Zechariah. Um, one of the things we're going to learn as we go through the book of Revelation, as we look at especially the latter part during the tribulation, is you know God has always had a special relationship with Israel, with the Jewish people. Though at large they have rejected him as Messiah, uh, we'll see that in his end times plans and scheme of events, there's still hope for them, um, that many of them are going to get saved later. Many of them are going to get saved during even the tribulation period. So in uh, Zechariah, the book we're going through on Wednesday nights, for you guys that are here, we, we just covered chapter 10. and In chapter 12, there is a prophecy here. Uh, I'm going to read it to us in Zechariah uh, chapter 12, verse 10. And it says this, um, speaking of, this time it says, God says, and I will pour out on the house of David and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. I was reading somebody on this and they said that someone was witnessing to a Jew and, you know, they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah but they, they were believing that the verses in Zechariah were speaking of, you know, the Messiah coming back. And so they said, well, well, who did he pierce then? 
Who was the one that was pierced? And, and, it, and it has to point to Jesus was the only one that they pierced. That's it. And so, the, I mean, the Bible, as you go back and forth, it's full of, you know, things that would just point us to uh, the work of Christ, who he is and what he's done. And so, again, back here it says all the tribes of the earth are going to see him. They're going to mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And so we're going to see people throughout the, the, as we continue through the book, people that have rejected, that get saved. Uh, we're going to see many people suffer many things as we go through the book of Revelation. We're going to see as believers where we end up at, um, that we're, we're not set aside for judgment. So y'all can praise God early for that. Your judgment as believers, our judgment, it all went on the cross. Amen? And I think we'll be more and more thankful for that as we continue through this book. Look at verse 8 now. A strong declarative statement from Jesus. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And let me break each of these down. When he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, it's a, it's using the Greek alphabet to say I'm the beginning, I'm the A and the Z, right? I'm the beginning and the end. I started it, I'm going to end it. That's essentially what he's saying. That's what Alpha and Omega, then he follows it up with I'm the beginning and the end, if you missed that. What does that mean for you and me? He's the beginning and the end. That means he's everything. Right. I'm the, I'm, everything began with me. Everything ends with me. And so this is why it becomes so important. This isn't true about anybody else. This isn't true about any other religion. This isn't true about any other religious leader. This is true about no one else except Jesus Christ. Buddha is not the beginning and the end. Muhammad is not the beginning and the end. They all had a beginning and an end. He is the beginning and the end. You can't source out a beginning point. He always has been. He still is right now, and he's saying, and I'm always going to be. There's never going to come an end. When we look at the kingdom of God, one of the compelling things about being a Christian and coming under the lordship of Jesus or the kingship of Christ is that his kingdom is the only kingdom of which there's never going to be an end. Every other king, the kingdom ends, his kingdom ends when he dies, amen? But he's never going to die. So he's the king of a kingdom to which there's never going to be an end. And so we're securely, if we're believers, we're securely placed in that kingdom. I'm in relationship to the one that's never going to not be king. He's never going to not be the Lord. He's never going to get knocked off his throne. He's never going to be defeated in battle. Um, And, you know, we're studying for you guys that were, you know, in school. Some of y'all was cheaters and y'all should go to the back of the book, find out all the answers. You know, we're in the back of the book now and we're getting all the answers here, you know, at the end of the book. So we'll know. We know how the thing ends. So, so you can go ahead and make the right decision now uh, because we know how the thing ends. It, it, you, you win if you're with him and you lose horrifically if you are not in him, if you are not securely in him. And so he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end, says the Lord. And he says this again, who was and who is and who is to come. And so here's the thing. We can study that he was. You can go back and look at all the things. We can see Christ show up in the Old Testament. Uh, we see the, the, we study the whole Gospel of John. This is a great follow-up to one of the Gospels because we've looked at when he was born. You know, when, when, we know that Jesus predated his birth through Mary. Amen? We got Jesus. We got Christophanes in the book of Genesis. So it's not like Jesus began to be when he was born of a virgin. He already was. Uh, In obedience to the Father, he agreed to come to earth on a mission to save. And so he was born of a virgin, 
came to earth, was born as little baby Jesus. He put on flesh, if you will. He joined us in humanity. He felt what we feel and experience we experienced for 33 years. And he became the lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb to take away our sins, died in our place. Three days later, rose from the grave, ascended back into heaven. That's where we left off in Mark. He died. He resurrected. He ascended. He was seated at the right hand of the father. Uh, and now we're, we're, we're going a step further. What's he, you know, so we know he was. Uh, we know that he is. What is he doing right now? What do we know that, what is Jesus doing right now? We know from Hebrews 7 that he ever lives to make intercession for the saints. Why does he have to ever live to make intercession? Because y'all messing up all the time. So he lives to make intercession for us. So he's there constantly making intercession right now. Who messed up this week? Put your hands up and your feet, everything, right? He's living to make intercession for you. He's there. He's there as as the accuser of the brethren hurls accusations and they're true about you. He's there saying, no, it's it's taken care of. Penalty paid. Painful. I don't know if you ever had that experience. I remember one time I went out to eat with a brother. We were out eating and, you know, we ate and, and fellowshipping and hanging out. And I found out later somebody that knew me saw me there and secretly went and paid our whole thing and tip and everything. And so we don't know it. So we're eating up and it's time to pay. And, uh, you know, the guy comes and uh, he says, hey, someone paid the whole thing. And I said, yeah. And I'm like, whoo. And I started looking. I can't find out who. And then I found out later because they said something. But I mean, that's a good feeling. You know, it's time to pay. And it's like, hey, so it's all paid. All paid? I'm going to go to the Lexus dealership today. <laughs> See if you follow me there. You know what I'm saying? So it's all paid. It's all taken care of. And so. Our greatest debt is our sin debt, and the Lord is saying, it's all paid for. Paid in full. I've taken care of everything for you guys. That's what he lives to do right now, but he's coming back. Here's the cool thing. We'll learn as we go through the book, right? When he comes back, he's not coming alone in the second coming. Who's coming with him? We. Yeah. If you're here today and you're saved, right, we're going to rule and reign with him. We're coming back with him. If the rapture of the church, people are caught up together with him. Here's a cool thing about however you join the Lord. Rather you die, and the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be. You're with the Lord. So if you die as a saint, you are with the Lord. If you live and be, are you here for the rapture? You're caught up together with the Lord. Either case, you're going to be with the Lord. And it's a cool thing about that as you study it. Once you are with the Lord, you'll never be apart from the Lord. So it's not like you'll be with him. He's like, hey, guys, wait, I'll be back. I got to take care of some things. From the point that you're with the Lord, you will be forever with the Lord. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I can't get with the Lord and mess up. The sin nature will be gone. So once you get with the Lord, you, you settle. It's, it's a done deal. But some of y'all are naughty. You won't be naughty anymore. You know, the, some of y'all are liars. You won't, you won't, that tendency will be gone. I mean, God is going to, you're going to be like him. It says when we see him, we'll be like him. Um, but some of y'all are wonder, when I get saved, when I get to heaven, I'm a, I got a bunch of questions. No, you won't. It says when we, are, when we, when we get to be with the Lord, it says you're going to know even as you're known. Well, God knows you completely. So you're going to know as you're known. When you get there, I believe we're just going to know. 
I'm, that's Moses. What's up, my dude? He looked different than I thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to know even as we're known. It's, it's, there's so many amazing things about, and we'll look at more and more of it as we move forward, uh, about what's to come for us. But it's, it's provided through him who was and who is right now. It says, and who is to come. He's coming back again, letting us know. Look, I, whatever you're dealing with here, God is letting us know. He, when he was speaking to the believers here, I'm coming back. I know it's tough. I know you got people, pers- for them, there was active persecution. People were dying for their faith. Said, but I'm, I'm coming back. Don't worry about it. It's all going to get sorted out. For you guys that are down here looking at the things that we feel like, you think there's injustice today. You need to study Roman oppression. We have, anytime you've ever had man-run government, you have unfair stuff, right? It's always existed. It's not a new thing. It's always has been Whoever has the most people or the most power oppress those that don't have power. That's just always been. That's the flaw of putting man in charge of other people. Men oppress people. When you put them in charge, something in the sinful nature doesn't know how to be over people in a gracious way. And so um, whoever, the, whoever have numbers are going to oppress those who have little numbers. The Romans were oppressing everybody in this day. And God would say to these guys, he'd say, I'm not going to fix it now, but it will be fixed. It will be dealt with. Nobody's getting away with nothing. And we live in times where we see things that upset us. I see things that upset me as I watch them and I think, man, no, they did that. And I, I, I comfort myself with the realization that there's nothing that anybody does that slips his sight. And if you're down here doing wicked things with your little power for a little while, you got to die and meet dad. You got to die and meet him. You got to give an account to him. So I, I feel sorry for you. I'm praying for you that you get it together before you die. But if you don't, I don't have to worry about it. You, you, will, you, you will pay a penalty for behaving that way. What that does for me is, you know, because I, I, I'm the kind of person that if I felt like God wasn't going to deal with it, I feel like I got to do something. But all I know how to do is sin, right? The only thing I can do to, how do you fix somebody that's oppressing somebody else? What did Moses do to the Egyptians? That's all you can do. I'm a, I got to meet you. I got to match your, your wickedness with some of my own, right? Now I'm in trouble with the Lord. Now I killed him. I didn't. I'm not killed nobody. But Moses, <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you take it into your power. It's like, I got to match your flesh with my flesh. And now, now we both in trouble with the Lord. God says, look, I got that, right? When Moses tried to fix it, he killed a man and got in trouble with God, had to run away. When God fixed the Egyptians, God drowned them, did he not? God fixed him. God told him, just go that way. Just go. Keep going. Keep going. I got it. And he drowned all of them. And God did a way better job than Moses could. And Moses didn't get in trouble for that. Amen. So some of us need to just keep going with God. Amen. Know that every, everything, he, he, is, he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the one who is, who was, who is to come. Last word, the almighty. I love that description of him. It's just, and this is all speaking about Jesus because we're living in a culture right now. They want to diminish Jesus. There are groups that will, you know, I worship the most high, but they don't uh, they don't acknowledge Jesus. A lot of African religions and things of that nature will acknowledge a most high or the most high. But but it's not Jesus. False. Wrong. Anything that diminishes the person of Christ. Be careful. Be careful. That's the one who died to save you. That's the the father sent the son. The son went on the mission. Right. Don't let anybody diminish the person of Jesus Christ. He is the almighty.
16. That means that he has all might and all power. I mean, it's, it's, it's explicit. There is no might, no power above him. And so I, I, as I interact with different people and I hear people say things flippantly, and I understand that people say things about Christ because they don't know him. So I, I get it. But I got to be careful as a believer. I need to know what the book says. No, he's not the most. It says right here, he's the almighty. How you get bigger than that, sir? Maybe you wouldn't say it like that. That might not be the nicest way to say it, but you don't want to get no bigger than the almighty. Amen. And I need to know that. I need to have my footing there. He's the almighty. I'm in the perfect place. I'm in the right relationship with the right God at the right time. Amen. And I want to share him with other people. I want to expose other people to him. I want others to come into the liberation that he brings. I want under the, others to come under his rule because he's a much better master. He's a much better ruler than that other guy. And some of us used to serve the enemy. We didn't know it, but we were under his spell. We were in bondage to our sin. Uh, we were serving our flesh. And God has brought us out. Isn't he a better leader? Isn't he a, isn't he a better master? And so... So we, amen. So we want to share him with those that need to know. And so what we're going to do today, we're going to end here at verse eight on the word almighty. The things I would challenge you to consider, a couple things. One is, you know, I, I encourage you to go back through reading that as we read every chapter, every section, it's the unveiling of Jesus. Consider all the things that we learned about him. And this is eight verses, but we learned a lot about Jesus. We know that the, the book came when he was one of the people the book came through. Um, we know that he um, that he was the firstborn from the dead, that he was the faithful witness, that that he is part of who gave us this this calling as as kings and priests uh, to those that are around. We know that he's coming with the clouds and every eye is going to see him, even those who pierced him. Uh, we know that he's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the almighty and he's coming back again. And so part of what we're going to do is we go to the book of Revelation as we learn about him. Um, if he's coming back again, we all want to be prepared for that. We, we're gonna, that means we're all going to meet him one day. And there's two ways to meet the Lord, right? And this is what we'll close with. You're going to meet him as a, as, a, as a saint, or you're going to meet him as someone that's rejected him. They say, you a saint or you a, you a ain't. Take the S off it, right? So if you meet him as a saint, rather you die and you go to be with the Lord, rather the rapture comes, um, the way that saints are treated is a very privileged place. Your sins have been washed away. Um, the, your relationship with God has been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You belong to him. You're part of the forever family of God. And we're, we're ushered in as the family of God. There's safety in that. There's a beauty in that. There's a comfort in that. There's, there's future in that. that I, there's, there's stuff God has for us. What we're going to learn as we continue through the book of Revelation there's other people that are going to meet him as those that have rejected. Imagine meeting God, and you knew who he was, you knew what he did, yet you rejected him from being your Lord. And then you meet him in judgment, and there's nothing you can do about it now. There is a time that comes when it's too late to surrender to the Lord. It's too late to receive Christ. Um, that time is not today. Everybody in this room is living and breathing. You can receive the Lord today. You can bow to him as Lord today. But there does come a time when it's too late. Everybody, no, most people don't plan when they're going to die. Amen? They just die. And so if you wait till then, it's too late. Um, if, if we happen to be here during the rapture, we'll see as we get to those studies that if you ain't saved when that happens, it's too late. You can't, you, they're gone. You can't say, oh, I was going to get saved. So yeah, tomorrow, it's over. 
So the Bible says this, that we want to, it was in the reading, I think last week, um, but it says that, you know, when, when we hear the Lord calling, right? when, it's, it's, you don't want to delay, you don't want to harden your heart. When the Lord calls, you come. The book of Revelation lays out many things that will happen in the future. It can be unsettling to read about some of the things that are within the pages of this prophetic book. But God wants your heart to be at peace with what he'll bring to pass. Like in most stories, there's a great battle and then good overcomes evil. This is a great story of all time and we get to experience it with a loving but just God. So rather than disregarding this book as a bunch of strange imagery that seems non-cynical, be empowered reading this book, knowing that God's in control and that He will win. Keep looking to the Word of God for direction in all these things. If you're seeking some assistance with where and how to read the Bible, we have a helpful Bible reading plan on our website. This can be a useful guide to help you read on a daily basis. Look on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through Revelation. But before we go, we'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider supporting this ministry in a financial way. Any amount is appreciated. These teachings are broadcast on the radio and help spread the good news of the gospel. That's a powerful thing. If you'd like to find out more about how to support A Transforming Word, go to CalvaryInglewood.org or donate through our app. We're so thankful for your support and more than anything, we hope this ministry is a blessing to you. We look forward to you joining us next time on A Transforming Word.